three, two. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Dragzine Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Senior Editor Brian Wagner. This week, we got Tommy Franklin on the show, busiest man in show business. I swear, he's always got <laughs> something going on, driving all around. What's going on, Tommy? Hey, man, just out here trying to uh, get it done. You know, we're uh, definitely busy at these times, there's no doubt, but uh, it's somewhat of an off-season, but I swear I think off-season is busier than on-season, so... We're uh, just trying to get everything taken care of that we can. It's uh, I believe Alan Reinhardt put it to the best. It's not an off season anymore. It's just a winter break. That's it. And it's a short one at that. Yeah, very. <laughs> and not to mention, I think this also kind of shows, uh, you know, some of the, the viewers and listeners. Tommy's in his truck right now driving around because, you know, I think a lot of people don't seem to understand that most racers have real jobs to pay for said race cars and you have to work very hard if you want to go fast at a high level, right? Uh, you're right. You know, that's one of the things we always talk about with, um, you know, especially like the group at PDRA, there's most of these guys are business owners or business workers and, and we hustle every day. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, I'm sure everybody feels the same way as I do is you go out here and you hustle really hard to try to leave for those three or four days. And then you hustle back and, and spend three or four days catching up. It's never fun, but Hey, we go have fun and that's what really matters. So. Yeah. It, it's amazing. I always like seeing and talking to racers about what they do outside the track because some of, some of the racers have the most fascinating and interesting jobs on earth. And you want to ask them what got them into racing and that's kind of where I want to go with you because you're literally, you know, from the, we'll, we'll say this from the outside. We'll, we'll talk about it more later. You're living the dream of every hardcore racer. I mean, you drive a pro mod, you got a racing organization, you own a racetrack. That's literally how any of us, if like we won the lottery, we'd be like, oh, this is all the stuff we're going to do. But <laughs> To get to that point, kind of what's the story behind your racing journey? Because obviously you didn't win the lottery. You've had to kind of work to get where you're at. You know, tell us about your, your racing journey and how you started racing. Yeah, man, you made that sound really glorious. But no, um, <laughs> it's it, it's, uh, you know, for me, man, it's it's always been a, a passion. You know, it's it's all about passion. I never had a plan of any of this. You know, um, I think with with my whole life, it's always been. Maybe it's bad that I haven't had direction, but I act upon what I what I see and I like. And, and, and that's what we've done, you know. So from a racing side of it, I started racing, uh, you know, young. I, I was my dad raced here locally at a local level. And uh, as soon as I could drive, he was quick to get me in the car. And uh, just everybody's, you know, the, the dream scenario. You go out and you spend all this time with your your family and your loved ones and the people that you, you enjoy and, and you make countless memories. And that's really how I started old dominion speedway. You know, I would every Friday night, dude, I can remember like any money I made was enough to get entry fee money to go, you know, and uh, spend my weekends at the racetrack. And, and that's what we did. And I kind of, uh, you know, my first car was a 70 Camaro and just a bracket car that, you know, you, you go out and you, you do that. And then I turned that one into, Hey, let's sell this and buy the next one. And I sold that one to buy the next one. And, <laughs> and, you know, I just kept upgrading along the way. There was no, uh, no magic plan, no, no lottery that we hit to do it. There was, uh, just the drive of passion and wanting it, you know? And, uh, I, 
I wouldn't change that one way, you know what I mean? Because there was a lot of good memories made along the way. Took me a long time to get to the fast cars, you know, so I say it was, uh, I, I took a slow road to get there, but I don't regret none of it. I, I did what I could do. My uh, family would always provide anything that they could, um, but I don't think I would, you know, we lived a good average middle America lifestyle, but I would never uh, put it at, you know, that we were overly wealthy, you know, and, uh, but again, I, I think that that's what's great about it because uh, we took every dollar. And now that I look back and I look at what it costs and I look at what my parents, you know, could help me do or would help me do. And uh, man, it was a lot of, if nothing more, and I am talking about a, a money side of it from a time and investment. Gosh, it was a lot of time and investment, but, but I think we all loved it and we had a lot of time, you know, doing it. And I've kind of, you know, grown that over the years and turned that into the same thing with my family, you know, my wife and my two daughters and, uh, you know, the, the friends and everybody that, that goes with us to the racetrack. And, you know, we, we have a good time, um, but we're competitive and we want to win. You know, sometimes that spoils the good time because you get so wrapped up in wanting to win, but uh, it, it's fun. We have a great time. And these are memories that I, I would never be able to, uh, you know, nobody can take those, that part of it away from you. So can't complain with anything you're at. Uh, I will say racing at a, in pro nitrous and pro mod at that level, it is uh, a dream that probably everybody dreams about. And it's 100% everything that it seems to be. It's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you're like, wow, that's a lot of work to have some fun, but I, uh, I enjoy it to doing it at the level we're doing it and doing it against the people we do it at. Those are uh, good times. You know, I, I think that there is something to be said about what you just stated about the memories aspect of it. And that's what I love about the sport of drag racing is the memories that you make with family and friends. It's stuff that people can't take away from you and it lasts a lifetime. Uh, 100%. You know, as, as we get older, we, we obviously, <laughs> mature or maybe we don't mature I don't know I don't think I've matured yet but <laughs> I think what we do uh is is you start you start looking back more than you're looking forward right because you you slow down you do different things and you start realizing that hey there's some things that uh life changes every day um but you know there's there's just those are memories that are irreplaceable you know I did this with my dad uh, a lot and enjoyed that time and probably didn't recognize it when I, when I was doing it, right. When you're in the heat of it, you don't recognize it. Um, but it was, it was fun. My mom, my dad, my, you know, everybody. And, and that's graduated into my wife, my kids, my friends. Um, like I said, you can't change that. You can't change what history has done. You can't change what, um, memories we've made, uh, races you win, races you lose. They're all good. Sometimes you got to put that into perspective for yourself, but I, uh, I enjoy every bit of it. And I tell everybody that comes to the racetrack, it's now that, you know, we have a series and you have a racetrack, you know, you, you start think, seeing things differently because as much as every round is, you have to have that round. The real truth is no, there's still another round to race and there's still, and as long as you get to come back and do that, that's all that really matters. Um, Somebody's going to remind me of this. I guarantee it <laughs> because next, next time I lose from, you know, for 
three foul or whatever that is. And I'm, you know, throwing a fit. Somebody will remind me that, well, man, you can still race tomorrow, but that, I, I need that reminder too, you know, but it is, it's that that's things that are irre- irreplaceable. And I encourage every family out there that can do it. You know, you see so many dr- junior director families doing it and, you know, first thing that happens is the moms or dads are, are irate and screaming and this and that because, you know, their little, you know, son or daughter, you know, it wasn't, they, they weren't happy when they left, you know, but the real truth is there's life lessons where life is not easy. And, you know, I, I don't know, I, I'm sure everybody, nobody prepares us for this. <laughs> there needs to be a better preparation, but uh, life's not easy. It always throws you a curveball, and And I've just, realize that, Hey, you got to take what you have and you try to make what you can make out of it. And, um, you know, I think that that's the truth, but you still got to have fun while you're doing it. Yeah. Drag racing teaches you so many good lessons. And I think it's, it's hard to recognize maybe some of those lessons at the time and how positive it can be and what you can learn from it at all levels. Cause I've seen, like you said, the junior parents lose their minds. I've seen bracket racers fist fight. I mean, it, it, you need to take a step back and sometimes realize what you've learned from a negative and really turn it into a positive. No, you're right. And, and, and you see that people do it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's very interesting to see, you know, after you've done it for a little bit, you see somebody come in and you throw, you see the fit that they're throwing or whatever it is. And then a couple of years into it, they, they, they've changed. They're like, man, this is just about good time that I'm spending because I've said it. Drag racing is probably, in my opinion, one of the humblest, humbling sports out there. You, you have one shot, you know what I mean? And, and you lose that shot. You don't get a second chance at it, you know? And it's, uh, man, you, you can be a hero and come out and make one little mistake first round at the next race. And you are already a zero, you know what I mean? So it's, um, it's definitely a humbling sport. I think that that's, that's hard when you have kids. And I mean, we, we see it all the time on the, the PDRA junior level that, dude, it's a brutal, brutal class. I think one of the hardest classes we have over there. So when you see kids, you know, succeed in it, you remind them how good that is. And you remind the parents really is the, the big cases remind them how good that is. But, you know, when they're down, you, you, you know, Hey, you just got to remind them that you're, you're racing in one of the toughest classes out here. So I think that goes for all of us as adults in every class, you know, I think everybody we pull up against, um, Hey, there's always going to be somebody better than us. And when you're on top, that, that ride is so nice, but it never lasts long, you know? So I I just think that, uh, after you do it, you start realizing that and it's like, wow, that's, that's good time. And it, it really is, you know, I think that, but it's valuable life lessons that I don't think anybody wrecked, recognizes what's actually uh the life mold that you're setting um while out here racing whether you're racing with family or not but you're racing with friends or you're racing with peers you're racing with people that have already experienced something that you haven't experienced yet and when you stand back and watch and you if you can take take any information from the ones that have done it right it's like wow this is this is good stuff you know it's valuable valuable information that sets a life tone so Tying into that, you know, pro mods are probably some of the most insane and gnarly vehicles, door cars you can try to wrestle down a drag strip. They can, again, humble you in in a second and teach you a lot, no matter what level of racing you're at. We've we've seen it before where steely-eyed veterans have been humbled, 
rookies have been humbled. It doesn't matter. Let's go back in time, Tommy, and let's talk about the first time you let go of the button in a pro mod, because I'm sure you probably remember that what it was like the first time that car was set on kill and you had to let go. What, what was that like? I'm just going to say it's one of the, the, the adrenaline rush side of it is as cool as can be. You know, I ran, I ran some top sportsman stuff. Then I ran some pro stock mountain motor pro stock stuff. Um, and then I ran pro mod. Um, every one of them are great and I love every one of them. And the, the adrenaline's adrenaline. It, I, I don't even know that it matters how fast you're going, but adrenaline is, is amazing. And the feeling that it gives you is, is great. But I will say a pro nitrous car, it is one cool ride. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is. I, I love it. You, you know, there's those times that it's funny as a driver, we talk about this all the time that a confident driver is a better driver, right? They, when, when they know they got a good car underneath them, they let go of the button better. They do everything that they do better. Um, and I think that that's, that's great, but it's the same as when you don't know where that thing's going to go, it changes that, you know, you're sitting there, you're, you're tensed up on the button and you're letting go. And it's like, Oh boy, what are we getting ready to have now? But it is a cool ride. You know what I mean? It is, it's a, uh, they're fun, you know, you get out here with lockup torque converters and things like that. And you get out to 300 feet and these things are power wheeling in the middle of the racetrack. Dude, that is nothing cooler. I'll say it. It's just, there is nothing cooler. It is a, a fun ride. And you, you, you know, you take one of these things, three, 400 feet and just toting the front tires, it sets down and it's, it's quick to give it a, Oh yeah, baby. Look at that. Get your attention in a hurry. I'm sure. So, you know, this is something I want to ask you. It's probably interesting. You probably knocked a couple scoops off in your day. Definitely not the goal. What's it like as a driver when a nitrous hood scoop decides it wants to try to uh, join, you know, SpaceX and go into low orbit? (laughs) Well, I'll I'll say this. So when I started in ProMod, there's probably many that looked at me and said, what in the world are they doing? Right. But I started it. And I was convinced that we would get there one day and we, we battled and we battled and, you know, it's different parts, different, this, different, that you find your way. You know, I started with the, I didn't go out and buy the, Hey, this is what you got to have, you know? And I, I took a different approach and did some stuff different. And some of that was wrong. Some of that was right. But I will say there's nothing like when you go down and you see that scoop exit the uh, front end, it's like, Oh boy, there, that one goes, you know, it's uh same thing. It's kind of like that from that time that you see it and you get out and then you look to see what the damage it did. That's the scary part. Right. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I hope I didn't tear up. You know, we've, we've seen it where we rip the front ends apart when they come out and you start trying to figure out a way to keep that from happening. And, uh, but at the same time, you cannot be, you know, you can't go to the starting line worrying about that stuff and you can't be hesitant about that and you can't tune with hesitation like that. So, um, you know, I, look, I, I've said it. I chased my first couple of years of pro mod and did not qualify for a long time. And I had many guys come up to me and, and you know, throw their arm on me at the bottom of the racetrack be like, don't worry, buddy, you're going to get it one day. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I think back sometimes and I'm like, were you laughing inside saying that you're never going to do it, but thanks for participating because we needed you. <laughs> but I don't know what the real thought was then, but, um, man, we had some struggles and I, I we definitely earned our stripes, you know? So I, I say that to people all the time is, you know, it, it's nice to be a front runner, but 
I've been on both sides of it, and and both of them are just as fun. You know, it, look, it, it sucks going putting it in the trailer and not qualifying. Everybody wants the race, um, but you know, when you are, when you do get to that point that you're making laps and you're setting personal best, maybe that's not number one qualifier, but personal best feel like a number one qualifier racers. And there's nothing better than that. And, uh, you know, to enjoy that time and do it, it comes right back to that same thing that those are, that's time and memories that, that you build. And that's what memories are. A lot of them are mistakes, right? <laughs> some of them are, some of them are good memories. Some of them are bad memories, but they're all memories. And some of them we might want to forget, but no, I mean, it's, it's, it's exhilarating, you know, and to see a scoop go off, you're like, oh boy, it just went off. But hey, you fix it, you thrash for the next round, and that's kind of the challenge to get back out there. And uh, I've been on both sides of it, and I hate seeing a scoop go. Now it becomes a challenge that, man, you feel bad, you know, you feel guilty when you lose a scoop, you know, because you feel like, man, I made my engine builder look bad, or I made, you know, I made my team look bad. So you don't want to do that stuff. But hey, it happens. And when it happens, you don't look down on anybody for doing it. It's uh, it's called an occupational hazard as well as uh, there's a phrase that <laughs> I think every heads up racer learns at some point is it's, well, we're not going to try that again. That's right. <laughs> that one didn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You just something happened. You're like, well, I have def- definitely going to look at the log book and put that in the file of do not use ever again, right? I was just getting ready to say, you know, some people put in their phone, do not answer. That's the one that you say, do not load. You do not load that. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 it's funny. It's, it's about data and learning. And sometimes you have to use those data files to go back. You got to do a, a, we'll call it a run autopsy. You got to figure out what went wrong so you can not do that again. And then you could go, you know, sometimes you can tell your edge builder, listen, this wasn't your fault. Trust me. I got a little too spicy with that up arrow and, you know, now, now we have to invest in a, a, a new intake. Which yep. is, there's no doubt it, uh, it does. But like I said, you get to where you protect that, but yeah. Yeah. It's, you, you never quite know what's like you say, what's going to happen when you, when you let go of the button and uh, what kind of fun or, you know, like not necessarily disaster, but challenges will ensue. Right. Yeah, they can be, <laughs> they can be, but that's the fun part about it. I mean, honestly, I like to tune. I love the tuning side. I love the driving side of it as well, but I will say I, maybe it comes with age. I don't know, but I like to tune. It's just to, to be able to do it and say, all right, what's this going to do? I enjoy that. And, you know, and there's always uh, other racers that you, you know, you, I'm not going to say team up with, but you know, you share information with, and there's other people that you can do that. And you always have those, you always need that sounding board. Um, but, you know, when you do stuff, sometimes you do stuff and it's like, ooh, you know, and somebody's like, why'd you do that? <laughs> but um, but for the most part, I, I try to tune most of our stuff our, myself and I like it. And um, not not saying that, you know, Pat Musi's obviously my engine builder and we, we do a, a lot together and we share a lot of information and, and talk about stuff. And Jeff Pierce and I are constantly talking about stuff. And, you know, those are some of the things that racers want to see racers do well. And I'm always that guy that's open. Great racers come up and, you know, have questions. I'm I'm going to give them honest answers. You know, what I mean, there's a difference between keeping somebody from tearing their self up and then tuning somebody to beat you, you know, so. 
Yeah, and I think that's important for racers to kind of pay it forward and you help each other out. I've been in that situation before where our team has helped other people and it, it makes it for better competition. And honestly, that's what I think makes drag racing one of the best forms of motorsports out there is the individual side of it where you score up with somebody and you're like, I want to beat you head to head. I don't want to lose by default. That's right. That's right. There's nothing better. And that's, that's one of the things I love about pro nitrous racing is the fact that we are all on the same platform. Um, not knocking any other combination, not knocking any other organization, anything like that. But the truth is, is in pro mod, there's a lot of, uh, and it, this adds some of the excitement to it, but there's, there's, there's a rule book that, that tries to keep the combinations close. Right. And at that point, you never want to go home and say you got beat by the rule book. Right. But, some feel that way at times. So one of the things I love about pro nitrous racing is the fact that, yeah, there's a rule book, but we're really all the same combination. It's a, it's a cubic inch and a weight and the rest of it is throw at it, see who can do it the best. So it becomes a tuning game. It becomes a engine builder game and it becomes a, a an efficiency game on how I'm sorry about that. Oh, it happens. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so I was just saying that it, it kind of the whole, you know, piece with Pro Nitrous makes it a, uh, a platform that you can race like cars. So I, that's why I enjoy racing Pro Nitrous so much. Yeah, it, it becomes a, uh, an innovation game, if you will, where you have to really try to, uh, to figure out, you know, like I said, there's a broad set of rule book, which can be a blessing and a curse because it's wide open. You got to figure out how to make that combination the best it can be. That's 100%. You know, there's no doubt we uh, we started running some LL 632 with my daughter at the end of the year. And boy, that that's a, it's a limited class, right? We're limited to one system, limited on cubic inch, limited on weight. Um, hard, but fun. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Yeah, it's like running it almost like a uh, like a crate motor class in a dirt car where you're kind of limited on what power you got to make, but you got to figure out, you know, you know, you have X and you can make a little bit of horsepower, but it's everything around and behind that engine that becomes the challenge. Yep, 100%. And we, we saw that really quick, you know, so with the pro nitrous car hey, we've got a lot of nitrous. We can move around and we can add nitrous and make mistakes and blow it up, right? We can, we can do that stuff. But with the 632 car, that's not the case. It's like, all right, this is the power we got, at least for this weekend, right? This is what we got and how are we going to get the most out of it? And, you know, it's, it's gearing and converters and, you know, just doing everything else in the tune-up that you can do to try to make the car as good and efficient as you can get. And like I said, it's a challenge, but it is fun. There's a lot of games you want to play, one of which is not seeing how much nitrous a 632 motor is not willing to take. That's right. Well, fortunately or unfortunately, we're limited to 136 jet, so we don't have that ability. It is we have what we have, and it's, uh, hey, let's go out here and see how fast we can go with it. Well, we're going to take a quick break here on the Dragzine Podcast. When we come back, we're going to talk some PDRA stuff here with Tommy Franklin on the Dragzine Podcast. CompCams introduces the MaxLift BSR shaft rocker system for the GM Gen 5 LT engines, a bolt-in, patent-pending, bushed shaft rocker system that increases system stiffness and allows for a high level of performance. By, by tying a pair of rocker arms together, 
CompCams has found a way to improve valve train dynamics, increase valve train stiffness, and reduce deflection. The use of a tri-layer bushing instead of needle bearings reduces deflection, which then allows for an increased rigidity and decreased rocker pad wear. You can learn more at compcams.com. All right, we're back here on the Dragzine podcast, talk with Tommy Franklin. You know, let's talk some PDRA. You know, you guys, you helped start and grow the PDRA into a sustainable series, which is amazing considering how this world has been in the past 10 plus years and seen all these series come and go and all kinds of promoter shenanigans. You know, you've, you've got this going, you've, it's running. Looking back now, what are some of the biggest surprises that have kind of uh, popped up and you've discovered, you know, with running a drag racing series? Um, you know, I mean, obviously, it, as I stated early in the deal, we wasn't never a plan. So I didn't, I didn't go in with a book of how to do it, right? Um, there was four partners that kind of started and it was, and they were great and very instrumental on, on being able to um, start this thing up. Um, everybody's life's moved on and doing different things. And, and we've uh, taken the reins of the PDRA completely. And, and, and I enjoy that 100%. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say this, that it, it can't be done without the sponsor and the racer support. Um, what we try to provide and the whole reason that, that the PDRA existed was there was a void that came upon that, Hey, Oh my gosh, we don't have a place to race next season. So it was boom. Hey, let's start up. Let's get this thing going. Um, and the whole thing from the startup was let's go out here and give everybody a good place to race. Let's give a, a, uh, you know, it's always been known as a racers organization. We make it to where it's racer friendly because that's the constant that we know that we can have. We know that we can have racers come in the gate. If we give them a good place to race, we know that we can, you know, and a good place to race means that, Hey, it's safe. It's, uh, you're giving them good places to race, safe places to race, the ability to have good track prep, the ability to have good staffing to do it. I feel like we've done every bit of that. And I look at that of what I would want as a racer, you know, so all of that has happened. And the team that I, that, that we have is, is great. They, they hustle, they work. Um, the interesting part about it all is, is, you know, it's, there's a lot of work that goes into running an eight race series, you know, and um, we're fairly lean um, because we try to keep it to where we want to keep as lean as possible and be able to put as much back to the racers. And we have some really strong payouts. You know, when you, you look at, uh, I'll be the first to say, we never, we never dazzle the top with money just to make it a spectacle. And maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. Um, but what we do, and you said this when you said it is sustainable, um, we pay back in the rounds really well. We pay that guy that traveled, that's going to, you know, that loses first round. He gets a good chunk of his money to where it isn't as big of a, a cost to him. I don't think any racer shows up with the idea that they're going to make money every time, uh, because obviously that makes us n- not, none of us very smart because no. we don't ever do it. <laughs> but, uh, but I think the point is, is it feels good to know that, Hey, I've got an investment of a car and I want to be able to, 
you know, know that I'm not paying to race my car all the time. And yes, you still are, but we're doing the best that we can do with that. And I'll also say this, I think that the, the pays that are the pay structure in all of, uh, drag racing or all probably all forms of motorsport, um, deserve to be two, three times what they are, but to be able to be sustainable and to be able to have something that is consistent and be able to come back to every year, that's what we've put together. And, and as the sponsor support grows, which it, it constantly does, and, and I thank every one of them, and I won't single any of them out because there's a ton of them and they're all equally important. And uh, PDRA660.com, you can see all of them and support them, please. Um, and the same thing with our racers, man. I We have the best racers in the country. And I don't say that they're because they're PDRA racers. I say that because it's the truth. And 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 I think it's because we've we've de- you know, gathered this level of, of racers and set the bar high. And it doesn't matter if it's in the sportsman classes or the uh, pro classes, I'll put them up against anybody, anytime. They're, they're the best racers out there. Um, you put them in that rule set and come race in it. I think they're very good. Uh, I think that one of the things that we do really good is the fact that when you take out uh, top fuel and funny car and a TV program. Okay. We don't have a TV program. I want a TV program. We'll get there. But the real truth is I feel like we exploit our racers. We give them more attention through social media channels and, and all of that than any other series out there does. Um, you know, and, and, you know, you can go race other, you know, series that might be looked at a, as a bigger stage, but when you're racing pro mod, I don't think you're getting as much clout as you do racing PDRA. That's, that's bold. I don't want to step on toes saying that I'm trying to be very careful, but, but I also know that, you know, we want to exploit our drivers, let them get the attention that they deserve. And we try to do that. One of the hardest things with racers is getting information out of them because as we said at the beginning, the PDA racer, they're mostly working class people. They're going to go to work on Monday and they're going to hustle and they work. And Brian, I'm sure you deal with this every day. It's hard to get a racer to self-promote. There's a couple of them. my buddy, Jay Cox, he'll do it every once in a while, but, but it is hard. I've had Jay you know? on the show. And, and that is something funny. You just said right there that I cannot stress this enough to our viewers and listeners that are racers. You don't have to be purdy with your words, but be able to be willing and able to talk about your program, take good cell phone pictures with your car, be able to just converse and talk about it because you never know when someone like me is going to come knocking on your email box, your Facebook messenger and say, Hey, I want to do a story about you. And if you don't have the assets or can't talk about it, aren't willing to talk about it, I can't help promote you. I can't tell your story. Yep. 100%. You're Brian. You're 100%. And, and I get it because like I said, these guys aren't doing it because they need to, but I've always said that, you know, every drag racer that I know really likes the attention. They can claim they don't, they can claim, but they, they're either a closet attention or they're <laughs> whatever it is, but everybody loves to read about that 
hey, this guy went out there and won and did this and did that. So I, I say the same thing. Racers, give us the content. You know what I mean? Because we have a, what we've I, – I always say this about PDRA. We provide a platform. We provide a platform to everybody to put themselves out there on. And if you give us that content, we're going to put it out there. And we're going to take and make as much as – and we're look, we have a lot of things in the works to continue to do that whether it's at the racetrack, on the racetrack, in the pits, we're doing a lot of that stuff to try to uh, give our viewers the view because I want them to know every one of our racers and that turns into fans coming out. You know, one of the biggest advantages to TV is because you build characters. It's not about the competition side of it. Let's be honest. I mean, that. You know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say their name because I'm not I'm giving them props. But you you look at No Prep Kings, they they come out, they have a TV show, they have characters, they've done something that is really really good. People come to see those characters. It isn't really because it's the best race in the world, and I'm not taking anything from them. It's some really good racing, and they do some really amazing stuff. But the point is our viewers want to meet people and see people and figure out who they are and what it takes them to do it because everybody has that dream of doing the same thing that you're, that we're out here doing. So share that. And, you know, when people come up and I'll all the time, Hey, a kid gets in the car and that wow moment of sitting in a car, I hope they remember that forever. But um, it, it, that's the thing that we struggle with is getting the content from the, from our, racers to be able to exploit them out there more because i want to you know i mean not for our own personal gain but for the series growth because it makes people want to come out and meet those people see those people and and that's what that's what grows you know our 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 spectator gate goes up they buy stuff from our sponsors um all of that happens and i and and like i said we have great support from all of it i just want to make that continue to grow and and i feel like we're on a strong path of doing that Best part about drag racing is that you don't have to build characters. Most racers are already characters. Trust me. I know I've done the interviews for flow and on live feeds where I go to talk to these guys and they're like, I hope I didn't talk too much. I'm like, Oh no, you were perfect. You get like, I just turn them loose and let them tell their story. And there's some of these racers out there when, when they get that mic in front of them, they might not be the biggest person on earth. But you, you you turn them loose with that mic, and all of a sudden they uh they're 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 something else. You you never quite know what what they're gonna say, and it, that's what makes it interesting. I think we hit a little. I, I'm one hundred percent agree. Like I said, you don't have to trash any. The the, the joys of doing this via Zoom sometimes. Time when you hit these uh. The uh, the technological bumps sometimes, so we we can power through. Can you hear me okay now? Yeah, I can hear you fine. I apologize. As I said, I'm driving. I hope I'm not messing it up too bad. Oh no, no. It, trust me, we're not super formal around here. We just we're about having fun, and you know, it just uh, we roll with the punches and kind of let stuff happen. Because that, again, like I say, that's part of drag racing is the the characters and how things happen. Is like it's it, it makes it interesting. Yep, I think that the. the everybody's story is probably the same. We all, you know, work hard to do it, but you know, that's the thing, you know, and, and that's, that's what PDRA is built on. I know we got on the PDRA talking about it, but that's what PDRA is built on is a bunch of 
hardworking people that go out and hustle and work and, and, and show up at the racetrack and support the organization. And I, I can't say enough for all of them. Yeah. And I've been to several PDRA races and again, it's as a racer and as a media person, it's comforting to know when you come to an event and this is something you guys are good at that I think a lot of people might take for granted is, you know, the schedule things try to stay on schedule. There aren't like, if there's a surprise coming, you're made known about it. And that, that makes a racer's life so much easier. It is that, you know, the, the one thing that we always say this and I always say this because, uh, you know, Tyler's at the helm of, of PDRA running that schedule and doing all of that. And, and he's a passionate person about what he does. Um, so when it doesn't go as planned, he doesn't like it. Um, but, and, 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 you know, he doesn't like someone not to be pleased with what's going on, but the real truth is I always tell him this day after day, you got to make the right decision, not decision based on who's mad or who's happy or who's whatever you make the right decision. And if you can do that, then you can go to bed at night knowing I made the right decision. Maybe that's a, a call on safety you know i mean if it's getting cold or if there's dew setting in or whatever somebody might want to get that last qualifier but if you make a decision based on hey this was the right decision then you should never have problems sleeping at night and everybody should be able to accept that doesn't mean they will but they should be able to accept that yeah and you i mean uh, racers we can be big dumb animals and be stubborn and not do what is in our best interest and we need sometimes that adult to say you know what I know you think you can do this, but let me keep you from making an expensive mistake and something bad happening. Let me keep you safe. That that's the yeah. truth. I, I I have seen that time and time again. Well, you're you're one hundred percent right. And like we said, we've kind of built the PDA on family, a, a family friendly structure. We've built it on a professional structure. And to me, then you you make calls based on that. You make calls based on I want that guy to go home to his family today that girl to go home to their family today. Um, you know, because, you know, we'll, we'll all make mistakes at times, but you just got to make the best thing. And, and that's what we've set out to do. We try to make a good, safe environment. We love records. We love blowing the scoreboards up. We love burning them to the ground. So we're going to do all of that. <laughs> that's a, that's a normal, right. But we also got to try to make it have some structure. These guys, like we said, most of these guys come in here, they're, they're prosperous businessmen. They need, they have structure in their life. They need it to be that way. That's what we do. You know, that doesn't make this anything different. And, and uh, we, we start with a structure because that's important for our spectators. They need to know when they can come and see the class that they wanted to see. So we try to build on all of that. Um, there's obviously challenges, weather challenges, uh, whether you have oil downs or crashes or anything, all that stuff is a moving target every day. So, you know, you can't ever say it's in bold print and it's going to stay that way. But the goal is to keep it as close to that as you possibly can. That's why I have that little asterisk in there that says schedule subject to change. Subject to change. <laughs> Speaking of which, we're going to take a quick break here on the Dragzine podcast. When we return with Tommy Franklin, we're going to talk about the joys and adventures of owning a racetrack right here on the Dragzine podcast. 
Elderbrock is excited to announce the arrival of its latest and most progressive electronic fuel injection system ever, the ProFlow 4 Plus. This is the most simplified engine management system on the market, providing EFI support for Gen 3, Gen 4 LS, late model GM 1 and 2 generation Ford Coyote engines, and Dodge Gen 3 Hemi engines, implementing drive-by-wire throttle and variable camshaft timing in hot rod transplant applications. You can learn more about this new ProFo 4 system at elderbrock.com. All right, we're back here with Tommy Franklin. We've talked about driving pro mods, running a racing series. And, you know, if you're not a busy man enough trying to run a pro mod team, trying to run an organization, you decided to say, hey, you know what, let's go buy a racetrack because, you know, that's that's 100% going to be a super easy business to run. So you've, you, you've put the right people in place. You've got it somewhat, you know, functioning for what can it, it's so hard to put that into words that people don't understand that racetracks are barely controlled chaos that's the only way i could think i could describe it what has it been like now that you have settled into it as much as possible owning a racetrack um so i think it's uh it's kind of like the rest right so we walked into this thing never had a uh plan to buy a racetrack <laughs> um it was a it was my local track uh, somewhat local it, it's an hour and a half from me uh raced there a lot raced a lot of a uh, um eopm there um little Stuart williams you know raced a lot of his stuff there had a lot of good times a lot of good memories um and those good memories make you make purchases of racetracks <laughs> so, um, but honestly it it it, it evolved as I didn't want to see the racetrack go away. You know, it was another racetrack that had potential of going away. Um, I will say that Dale Foley, the, the owner did not want that to happen. Right. But he was ready to be out of the racetrack business. Um, so he, he, they wore on me and wore on me and wore on me. You know, this, this is you, this is what you need. This is what you need. And, and um, you know, it, it turned into hey. I love racing. My family loves racing. I love doing it with them. It's definitely uh, changed our lifestyle because we're at the racetrack every single weekend now um, that we can be. So that, that's not a bad thing. Um, a racetrack is a challenge. You know, it, it's really simple to explain how much of a challenge it is. You take a business that is open but really you can't but probably six months out of the year you're limited by weather you're limited by you know too hot too cold rain snow whatever it could be and then on the same joke there well, typically you only do that two to three days a week, really small, two to three days a week for, you know, let's say 25 weeks a year for easy math and five days to go in and, and make enough money to pay your staff, pay your bills, pay your uh, power company. The All those things stay consistent. You know, those don't stop because we're out of season. 
so that's the challenge of a racetrack. You know, you, you, that's why these things are so hard to exist. And you've got to have some big ones in there to um, get hit it on those big ones. That, because you can't have a big event every week. We know that. Um, but, you know, the problem is when you lose a couple of those big ones, then that makes the challenge even harder, you know. So, and, and then you, you have so many different breaking up there a little bit tommy the last thing we heard was uh the uh the the Check big ones bracket races you have drug trades you have your motor you have your national events your nine of time you mean so it's, it's definitely a challenge but i will say i don't regret it i enjoy it I love to see people have a good time. I love to see things succeed. So when I see a family come out there and they race and they win and you see that happiness that they have, I feel like I'm helping to create that happiness. I don't own their race car. I didn't pay their entry fee to get in, but I gave them a spot. And I love that about it. That's what I love about doing it. Um, when you can sit at a big event, you look up at the stands and you see everybody cheering and you're having fun and, and everybody's just having a good time, there's nothing more rewarding than standing there as a business owner and saying, I made that possible for them today. And that's equally when somebody's mad and they didn't have a good time, it sucks to know that you ruined their day. But the goal is to make them make a whole lot more happier than you make unhappy. Yeah, it's an entertainment and customer service business at the same time. And the thing about racers that you'll probably agree or disagree on this, there's the three P's that make them happy. Payout, program, and prep. If you provide them with those three things, the majority of them aren't going to complain. There will still be some that will complain, but those three things will keep the majority of racers happy. Uh, you're right. You know, the, the probably the thing that is the biggest, uh, not surprise, I think that the, the part that we lose – I tell, I tell our staff this all the time. People come to Virginia Motorsports Park to have fun, okay? When, when you take their fun away, they're not happy, you know? So that's the hard part is because it's a business, and, and I'm sure this is the same way for every entertainment venue, whether it's an amusement park or, or a bowling alley or whatever it is. But they want to come there and have fun. And everybody's definition of fun is different. So that's that's what you're trying to do is let them have fun, but do it in a safe manner. That it's not taking the fun away from everybody else around you. Um, the thing that gets me a lot of times on a, a, whether it's a racer or anyone else is, I think sometimes they forget that it's a business, right? And because as soon as you take their fun away, it's like, well, why'd you do that? You're a horrible person, <laughs> you know? And, and that's where it gets bad. But like I said, it's not all of them. Most people understand. Um, sometimes it just takes an explanation. You know, when you, you somebody's not happy and you give them your viewpoint and they're like, oh, oh, I never thought about it like that. Um, because people don't look at it as a business. They look at it as, hey, that's my playground. I'm going to have fun. You know, so that's that's probably the biggest challenge. But it's a uh, like I said, it's rewarding to me. I love it. I my family goes there with me one of the things that you know everything we've talked about brian as everybody probably sees i do this with my family 
if I did not do this with my family, I probably couldn't do this. We're a tight knit family. We spend a lot of time together. I love that. Um, you know, we do that. My, my daughter's boyfriend does a lot of stuff with us as well. He probably looks at us like we're crazy. These people just run, run, run and do all this stuff. But we get to have a little bit of fun <laughs> on the weekends. But we do. And that's what we do. And um, we do it together. And I think that that's that's fun and that's good. So actually, that that is a perfect lead into my next question. It's like you read my line, Tommy, is that, you know, you see it on social media, your family, y'all race together. Everybody. Do you have pets that have race cars? Because I think everything <laughs> in your family seems to have a race car. Judy races, your daughter's race. That has to be, you know, I come from a family that racing was our thing. You know, my dad bracket raced, family vacations were to race tracks. Look at me now. I pay my mortgage doing race car stuff. It's, it's something that gets into your blood. How important is it to you to have a family that, you know, race car is life? Um, it is. It, it's very important. And, and look, I'll, I'll be to say, uh, I can joke and say, man, I had to get Judy a race car to keep her hooked into this thing. But <laughs> the, uh, the the real truth is it's not fun for anybody if they're just going there to be the support for you. Everybody wants to have the fun. You know, I could if I was the, the selfish guy that's saying I'm the only one with a race car and y'all are going to come and hang out with me. Well, how much fun is that? You know what I mean? So um, they're not all big exotic race cars. We're not all racing pro mine, not all doing this. But, hey, it's fun and it's 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 the fun and you know judy before we had kids judy bracket raced um at old dominion like i did you know just she came to hang out with me and then she decided we told her hey you need to race you know you need to try this so she started doing it she enjoyed it then she had kids and she kind of lost um the nerve for it for a little while and she she you know she's a very committed mother to be a you know protecting of her kids and felt like she needed to do that well, our, our kids are self-supportive and they do, do a lot of stuff on their own. And, and, you know, we I kept, man, you need to get in something again, you need to get in something again. So the truck that she has now, it's a cool little truck. Uh, you know, she goes out, runs 640, 650. She has a great time doing it. Um, she's just like us. She gets in there, she goes through the finish line, her helmet across the truck, probably, you know what I mean? She's, same way there's nothing that you can do one as you know that adrenaline rush and that that drive for when you win or lose there's nothing that replaces that but you can't explain it either unless you do it so once you do it and you feel that high and low there's nothing better and that's what gets you hooked and that's why you keep doing it so I enjoy I want my family to do it I've never forced them to do it um, my daughter's when they started racing junior directors, I told them, Hey, if this isn't something you want to do, you don't have to do this. Um, that's never been the case. And I, I don't know, you know, they enjoy it. They got, they get hooked on it. They get the drive for winning. Um, so we do it. We do it all as a family. Uh, there's times that, you know, when Blake's racing with us as well you know we can have five cars racing and let me tell you something you go to the racetrack with five cars whoo, that is a hustle <laughs> it, yeah. is a, it is a hustle so you're um you, again you make it into a job and you're like why in the world do i do this but you do it for everybody you do it so that 
you know, everybody has the same equal fun because it's not fair, you know, not to the last race we were at. They did, we didn't have juniors at that race. So Ashley was pit crew for all of us. She's setting tires and doing everything. Um, Blake's dad comes and helps a lot. And, uh, you know, and then when we're racing the pro mod, I've got, you know, Chris and Todd and Chase and Blake and Wesley and, you know, and then my wife and girls, you know, and, and, and others that, that help. So it takes a lot to do it. Um, but we have fun. I mean, it, I never look at it as, Oh my gosh, this is going to be, you know, but it's fun. And, um, I, I love it. There's no, that's what I do it for right there. You, you take that away from it. If I didn't have that part of it, I don't know that I would do any of it because I'm not doing it for a, a business venture. I'm not doing it because I need to pay my mortgage. I don't take money out of those companies. I don't, I, I, those companies turn themselves and grow and build and, and become bigger because that's the passion that I wanted to have. That's the, that's what I love, you know, is this sport. So it's no different than anybody's hobby. I've just made it a series and a racetrack and race cars as my hobby. And, you know, but if I, if you took it away to where we weren't doing it and it just became a job, I wouldn't have the interest as much. Oh, totally. And it's interesting. Family members provide some of the most amazing reactions when they win (laughs) races, lose races. And it's funny. I I see the different race spouses out there and, you know, again, being a media person, I've, I've learned to kind of take a fly on the wall approach and, you know, you hear people talk about, Oh, she's a mama bear to her kids. A, highly engaged racing spouse is more dangerous than an angry (laughs) bear. Like one that really knows the sport and something has gone wrong. I have seen a five foot to 98 pound woman stare down and make a starter back down when they've been in the wrong. That is no lie. Like a big burly dude has realized that he has taken the wrong tone of voice with the wrong racing spouse and it's an interesting and terrifying thing to see at the same time you are 100 right but that's where that's pure passion isn't it i mean you you don't get that because of anything else you get that because of how how inept you are to it how involved how deep you are in it how deep you are into your feelings and your your drive and passion and that's what this sport is all about. That's what I love about it. And and whether a spouse is racing or not, when she's involved like that, then she's fully committed as well, or he's fully committed as well. And and I think that that's the wonderful, glorious part about it. And that's what we do this for, period. That's what it's about, um, making people uh, – get or giving people an opportunity to have that uh, passion for something and, and enjoyment. That's what we do it for. And I love that part of it. That's probably what fuels me more than anything other than wind lights. I do like wind lights. <laughs> wind, wind lights can make anybody happy. You know, that, that's I think right. <laughs> they're like puppies. You give someone a puppy, they're happy. You give a racer a wind light. It's like the exact same level of serotonin is going to be released. And, <laughs> that's right. And it's also amazing for, for me to kind of see with that family side of things and drag racing. When I do a story about somebody and they send me a thank you note or you see how happy it has made their family and how proud that, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, look at what my son did. He was in a magazine. To me, it's that level of pride, I think, and what makes 
you know, drag racing, such an amazing, it's an individual sport, but it's a team and family sport at the same time is just how happy people can be made by sometimes the smallest of things. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You touched on a piece that, um, that we see a big memory piece that has not been as big lately, but I don't think it needs to be forgotten. Print is a good thing for that, right? There's nothing like getting into a magazine and seeing yourself in a magazine. I've said it before, man. There's nothing. You, know, you open up a magazine and you look for it, you know. And we do the same stuff with social media that every media outlet, every person that comes and takes them. But Maybe I'm old school, whatever it is, but print is a culture a little bit, and I hope it stays that way. We're a different culture today. You know, everything is is to us by our phone or by our computer, um, and that's okay. Um, two magazines stacked up somewhere that you won't get a memory thing that that doesn't need to be lost and, and you know i've worked for print stuff you know dragging is a digital magazine and it's funny that i think people see this oh there's got to be animosity between you guys not at all because in my opinion the more people we have doing drag racing legit media the better because it puts drag racing out there that much more and people are going to tell stories different ways they're going to have different views on things and it's it, it the more we have out there the better the sport is going to be yeah you're right what we've what i what i feel to believe at this point is our segments we have we're segmented in the way that we our crowd that we have to reach social media some are watching the live feed. Some are not. You know what I mean? There, there's, there's so many different ways. So when we go to advertise for a event, there's not one way that's out or in now. It's radio. It's TV. It's social media. It's We have to touch on every bit of it. But you said the key thing is it shouldn't be a competition between the each. What it should be is how do we take your program and get it to the most people possible? Because all of them exist in our in our realm, you know, we have uh, we've been this drag racing thing been building for a long time, so we have to reach them all in a different way because we have many different age groups that we're we're addressing. To me, I think a lot of people are entitled and spoiled these days, and they don't realize how lucky they have it. Because I, I mentioned this on social media, my personal one last weekend. I had the NHRA race, NHRA finals on my big TV through their live streaming app. I had the race in Orlando up on Flow Sports. I had a dirt track late model racing race up on Flow. And I probably could have put a couple more races that they had up on there as well. We are so spoiled for the amount of entertainment you can get racing-wise these days for you know through live feeds in the subscription-based stuff that you would never be able to watch 10 years ago 15 years ago now i could travel all over the country and watch usac races for 150 dollars a year 
it wouldn't my plane ticket would be triple that to go to one of those races or to watch a pdra race at glot that i can't go to guess what i can pull up on the live feed and there it is i get to watch it yep i i think you're there's no doubt that you know when you take something like pdra and we're an eight race series we obviously know that every spectator can't make it to every one of them the ones that do you're awesome the but so, so that's why we have a live feed platform because what we want is them to follow us but then when we're in town we want you to come get that different experience because the the in-person experience is completely different than the live feed experience you get to see that person that you cheer for you get to meet them see what they do see how their pit goes because look some of these pits the best race is in the pits right there's no doubt so that's the beauty of it is you're right. You get to see it all and you get to see it right now because, you know, entitlement or whatever we want to call it. What we do know is this world right now is give me now. There is no wait, you know, a couple of weeks to see the results or hear the results or wait for the newspaper to come to get it or whatever. It is a give me now uh, world, but that the ability the the fact is we have the ability to do that. So that's the great part. And we need to embrace all of that and all of it needs to be embraced. And, but at the same time, the support has to be there in the in-person when it can be. Yeah. And for me personally, my rule is typically, I try to make it to big events that are like an easy one day drive. That way, if I want to go there and back, I can do it. No problem. To me, that's doable. If it's going to be a long day, depending, like I've done days where I've literally spent more time driving to and from the event than I spent at the event because I wanted to be there. And that's the thing is being there is such a great experience. And I think drag racing fans sometimes get lazy and don't take advantage of supporting your local, you know, Go to a, a local Friday night show at your track and just go check it out. You never know what cool stuff you're going to see. Oh, well, they might. It's just a bracket race, but you don't know when there's going to be something cool there testing. Go bracket race. Oh, you know, it doesn't matter if you've got a 22 second diesel truck. Go race. You might win a little money, but I guarantee you're going to have fun and you got to support your local tracks. That's my soapbox moment. Sorry. No, you're 100% right. But it, the biggest key you said, is take your car out on the racetrack. It's no harder than what you do driving them down the road. I don't care if it's your daily driver. Go out there and do it because once you do it, you're pretty hooked. What what I see people do is they're scared to put themselves out there like that, right? We're, we're, we're so easily judged. Um, but, hey, go out there, put your car in the lights, you know, spend 20 minutes to watch what happens with everybody else, and then go do it. It's nothing better than doing it. And once you do it, you'll be, you'll probably be hooked. <laughs> oh, I, you know, being there, being the experiencing racing is something I love. Doesn't matter. I love going to dirt track races because that's an interesting experience. Tractor pulls are wild. First time I ever saw turbo explode was at a tractor pull, you know, just going to all these different events. I've been, I've turned on wind lights. I've run it up at events. I've been the guy that was a track delay because my junk decided it didn't want to run on the track anymore been there done it all but it's the experience and having fun that matters the most you're one arm 
Well, Tommy, I always like to have fun with my guests and ask interesting questions. And I got a pretty good idea where you're going to go with this answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I'm not going to throw the caveat out there because I, I could, I could, I could, I could force you to have an interesting answer, but we're just going to see where this goes. We're going to do a scenario-based question for you. Oh, boy. It's the final round, PDA Bridals World Finals. Pro Nitrous title is on the line. Final round. You're in control of your own destiny. It's you or the other guy in the other lane. Whoever wins it wins the title. Who is that racer that you would just love to beat to win that title anytime? You want to beat them like a Cherokee drum to win that title. Who is it and why do you want to beat them so bad? Who, man. I've got like I got names popping through my head right now. Um, <laughs> I I think the the obvious becomes right now is Jim Halsey because he's been on a three year run and we need to put a stop to that, right? <laughs> I, I figured that's where uh, it's gonna go. <laughs> yeah, you know it's um, I love racing them. You know, Jim and I have some really good races, and and you know it's funny because you get it and people come up, man, are you gonna be able to beat him? You gonna do it? You know, you have that whole group and cheering section that and again comes back to that's what we do it for but you know people are, man you you're gonna be able to beat him you're gonna do that look i've been on both sides of it at this point i'm happy i'm proud that i can say that i've been on the winning side of it and i've been on the losing side of it um yeah yeah he's the guy he's the guy right now to beat obviously he's three you know three time champ three years in a row <laughs> got to be a, a stop to it um i'm just gonna add in there for whatever reason, Jay Cox and I race so good together. It's one of those deals that I'm like, I really enjoy beating Jay, and I really hate losing to Jay. <laughs> I hate losing to everybody, but it's something about it. Um, so I'm just going to say it's those two. Um, but Halsey's probably got to be at the top right now because he's at the top. He's, he's a, they're a, a great team. They race very good. They're very consistent. Um, they're what you have to be to win championships. Um, they're doing it good. So, of course, you want to beat who you feel like is at the top of, top of your game. And, and uh, we made some strides at the end of the year, and I feel very good going into the offseason. Kind of uh, had some stupid things go on that kept me from getting there, but uh, I feel good going into next year. The game's on. And, and again, that's what makes drag racers that they're built a little bit different is it's an individual sport, you know, in a circle track deal, you might have some outside interference from a lap car, but in drag racing, it's a lot like, I guess that, you know, I grew up wrestling and, you know, when I was younger, it's a one-on-one -on -one sport. It's you and that other person. There's not, a, there, there's nowhere to hide. Usually there's nobody else to blame. And as a drag racer, you want to when three bulbs are lit, that person in the other lane is not your friend. You want to beat them. You want to win. And you want to beat the best to prove that you're the best. Nobody wants to, 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 to win on a broke buy. You want to go out there and be able to literally rip the soul out of the dude next to you. It's just that, – that's how the competitive racers are. I'm glad you put it that way because I was getting ready to say it. Not only do you want to beat them, you want to pulverize them, right? You want to make it look bad. You want to like, you don't want a double O one margin. You want to just, you know, as they would say, gap them. You want to, you want to do it bad, not in a, a harmful manner, but Hey, that's what you want to do to your competition. And, and I'm 100% on that. And I'm sure everybody pulls up beside me is the same way. I do want to say one thing that Brian, I want to ask you a question. 
it, it is from a racer standpoint. How many excuses have you tried to come up with when you lose until you until your friends or crew get to you? My gosh, that's the hardest thing in the world, isn't it? I, you know, the, the excuses you got to try to use to rationalize sometimes. <laughs> it's, you know, tire shake. This happened. That happened. I was distracted by a butterfly flying across the track. You know, the car made a funny noise. You know, the, the excuses will fly, but it, nine, actually 10 times out of 10, your crew is not going to let you live that down ever. No, they don't. And, and and it gets to the first thing that goes through your head is, man, how can I get this off of me? But then you really realize real quick and they get to you and you're like, I'm sorry, I screwed it up. Because that's my problem is I feel like I let down somebody when we don't win. You know, and look, we race as a team and and probably the hardest one on me is my wife. She'll tell me if I screw something up. Man, what's what's the deal? Why'd you do that? <laughs> but um, but I will say that. You know, we, we race together, but yeah, you're right. They call right through the crap and just say, you know, yeah, man, not what happened. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You talk, we talk about being competitive and uh, Jason Lee races with you guys a lot. We raced with Jason Lee quite a bit up here in the Midwest. And, you know, we always joke, we had the Jason Lee tune up for any event because, you know, if you're racing Jason, he was fast and you had to lay everything out there. You weren't going to have a chance, but a lot of people don't realize Jason is an amazing shit talker like next level and he says things that we absolutely yes, he, is. <laughs> he says he says things that we absolutely cannot repeat on this show if you if you know you know jason's a great guy not taking anything oh i know <laughs> yeah it's jason is one of those people where sometimes you have to to warn others about him when they meet him for the first time if they don't have a strong personality not that's just Jason, that's Jason. That's the way it is. And one of the best lines he ever laid on us, and again, I'm going to paraphrase this to put it politically correctly, is he rolled up on us. I was going to say, I don't think you can say that on here. No, (laughs) I'm going to paraphrase it. And he basically said, uh, how can I word this? I am going to beat you so badly, you will want to sell your vehicle afterwards. That is a that that's the putting it nice way. And like again, that was a very PG version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but what I just realized, it lost a lot of its sting. <laughs> yeah, it, it loses it. It's it's lost in translation. But again, you, you get the point. And again, if you knew Jason, you probably know what. Uh, you can insert the correct nouns, verbs, and adjectives to make the phrase make sense. That's right. Now <laughs> you're you're right. You know the the. The talking game is fun. I'm not good at it because every time I do it, I'll, I'll like, it's like I jinx myself. So I, I, I tend not to do that as much. Um, but I love when somebody does it to me because it drives me, right? I'm like, oh, talk. Go ahead and talk. Bring it on. I put an extra, you know, extra 2,000 nitrous in it just for that. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, it, it's that attitude. You want to have that attitude where I'm not, I'm going to beat you so badly at the top end, you're already thinking about selling the car. That's the attitude that successful race, the, even the nicest racers. I've met, you know, guys that are, they, they, they seem more like an accountant versus a racer, but deep down inside, that's the attitude they have is that they are going to smile after they just absolutely demolish you. Yep. Well, that's what I said. You know, as much as we're, we're friends off the track and you don't want to see anybody 
hurt or or down or whatever. But the truth is, I said it earlier in the show that we're all, you know, the attention and the, the egomaniac. That's the egomaniac I'm talking about. When you're sitting on that starting line and you give it that last look before you go in, you're like, I am getting ready. I'm hoping I'm getting ready to lay something down on you that you're going to remember forever, <laughs> you know, and that's every racer out there, I believe. And, and, uh, but I think that's what drives our sport and our industry. And that's what the fans need to see and want to see and hear about. Um, that's why I think when the talk is, is out there, that's why people feed into it so much. And, and, you know, you've got good guys and bad guys and we need them all. So it doesn't mean the bad guys are bad guys, but there's some guys that are, are free willing to say what they say. And, uh, and that fuels some of the others. So we sit back and take it as it comes. Well, Tommy, our time here is coming to the end and I like to give my guests their opportunity to channel their inner John force and thank all their sponsors and tell people who they need to thank. Let that, that stream of consciousness flow and, and talk about what they need to talk about. So, uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Thank you. You need to thank and tell people where they can learn more about what you got going on social media websites, the whole deal. So get after it. Yep. Hey, it's uh, really easy here. I'm going to cover it in a very broad fashion. Every sponsor that supports the PDRA, thank you wholeheartedly. Every spectator that shows up to a PDRA or Virginia Motorsports Park event, thank you wholeheartedly. Every racer that comes into the gate, thank you wholeheartedly. Everybody out there listening today, go to PDRA660.com and, and look at those sponsors and racers and support them. RaceVMP.com, support them. Look at our events. Come out and support us. Um, the media, thank you to the media. We can't do this without you. Uh, everything that you do to get us out in front, Thank you, every one of them. Um, you know, and then just, hey, I, I, as a personal thank you to my family, friends, supporters, haters, all of it. Thank you for everything that uh, you guys put into it. And that's it. I, I look forward to seeing everybody and just understand that you're all welcome at any of our events or facilities. And, and, and I love to have you and I hope you have a wonderful time. Thank you. I will throw an extra plug out there. PDRA is Wagner tested, Wagner approved because I've been to the every event you've actually had in Ohio, National Trail, Dragway 42, and up at Summit Motorsports Park. It's an awesome time to go to because you get to see everything. And of course, if you're probably watching or listening to the show, you love pro mods. There's always great cars. They're great racing. They got Outlaw 10. I'm going to just call them Outlaw 10.5 cars, even though I know you got, you know, Small, small, slick tire cars, whatever. Uh, amazing stuff to watch. Always awesome to check out. And of course, I've got to thank the sponsors that make this show possible currently. Performance Distributors, Airflow Research, Pro Charger, Holly, MSD, Flowmaster, Mosier Engineering, Comp Cams, Elderbrock, Fuel Air Spark Technology, Manly, JE Pistons, and Dart. Make it possible for me to talk to people like Tommy. Tommy, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Appreciate it.